Are you already recording? One, two, three. Welcome, everybody, to the Ville House Podcast. I am your host, Cruz Robbie Villanueva, alongside my beautiful co-host, Holly Nicole Villanueva. What's up, babes? Hello. Hi. Hi. It's Thursday. It is. We're super late this week. Super late. It's been a week. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, yep. What do we have? Your birthday was yesterday. You just turned... Trace, Trace. 33. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I got back on Friday from being TDY. Saturday had a friend's birthday party. Then work started Monday. It's just been a wild week with everything going on. You're in a class. It's my birthday. We it was my birthday. We did something on Tuesday. We did something on Tuesday? Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, celebrate your birthday yesterday. That's our excuse for not doing the podcast yesterday. Yeah, it's, it's all good because we're a, back. We have, we are back. <laughs> and with a, a doozy. A doozy. Yeah, it was, uh, what was it this weekend? We, we watched the, the, Ma- the Manti Teo Netflix documentary, special, which documentary. is taking the world by storm. Everybody's going crazy about I I remember seeing it. Yeah, so you remember it actually happening, and I don't follow sports, so I don't remember, like, I never knew any of this was happening. Um, but I do remember, or we were scrolling through um, Netflix before we went to our friend's birthday party on Saturday, and... Um, and I was like reading it and I was like, oh, let's watch it. So for those of you who know me well, you already know this. But for those of you who don't know me, um, I'm just not a documentary type person. Like, I just don't like, unless they don't intrigue unless me. Unless it's murder mystery. Unless it's something that like really gets my interest. Um, so we'll talk about this one later. But there's another documentary on Netflix that like took Netflix by storm a while back about the fire festival. Oh, that's the other and one. And I've been trying yeah. to get you to watch that for over a year, I would say. Every once in a while you'll bring it up. And so. you're like, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it. I, I didn't want to watch it just because I was like, man, fuck those people and fuck the guy. Like, first of all, uh, yeah. Okay, I we're not going to get into that one yet because yeah, we're talking sorry. about Manti Teo. But anyways, like after we started watching the Manti Teo documentary, it like, piqued your interest to go watch that one. Yeah. But anyways, just like reading it, it was like the title on Netflix says something to the effect of um, like pro or collegiate athlete turns pro fake girlfriend. She was never real. I was like, what the fuck? Color me intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's watch this. Yeah, and I remember the whole scandal, and I didn't think much of it, and but like it really impacted the guy. And then watching through the documentary, you could see like how much of a toll it really took on his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, like I remember he was this big star at Notre Dame, and then um, I don't remember like the behind the scenes, like with his grandma passing and his fake girlfriend passing away. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember when it all came out and he was already in the NFL uh, when it was like this huge story or like going to the NFL when it was this huge story and it was like girlfriend didn't exist and it just blew up from there. But I never, I don't remember like what came of that. It was just kind of like, well, at least for me, it just like faded into the background and he was just a part of the NFL, but never became like this huge superstar that, Basically, everybody thought that he was going to be, and yeah. I mean, the way the documentary kind of like leads you to believe that the majority of it was because of this, like his anxiety went through the roof. I believe it, though. I believe it would be hard to stay like as dedicated to a sport as you have been when your entire world literally crumbles around you. Yeah, it, it's weird how you can... One of the reporters on there says it real good. So like he wasn't aware of like how the how the media and just like the sports world in general can put you on a pedestal one day and like the next minute they just like tear you apart and tear you down and you know, think nothing of you. I was thinking like about this 
like for a while after we watched the documentary. Actually, I was still thinking about it, but um, we'll get into like what this documentary is in a minute. But basically, okay, let's get into it first and then I'll tell you my thoughts on like where I was going down this road. But the documentary is essentially about this guy from Hawaii who um, is like amazing at football and gets select like his parents. That was all he was allowed to do, like go to school, go to church, play football. Like that was it. Anyways, he gets picked up on like a scholarship to go to Notre Dame, which is like a super prestigious school. Um, Gets to Notre Dame, is killing it. And then 100% gets fucking catfished for like a year. No, th- three years. Three years. years. So let's like see. That. I'm going to like, I was doing research before we started this podcast. Like 2000, 2009 is around the time that it happened. And it came out. And then when everything like leaked, it was 2013. Damn, so yeah. All right, so the Oxford Language Dictionary defines catfishing as the process of luring someone into a relationship by means of a fictional online persona. And also, like I'm going to go back before we get too far into this documentary. If you haven't watched it, there's going to be like, this is a thousand percent a spoiler alert. So like, don't listen any further <laughs> Yeah. if yeah, yeah. you like want to know about this. But, so, I did have questions about it, and you may have, like, been paying more attention to the documentary, but, um, the guy who catfished him, so this was a dude that pretended to be a chick and talked to him for, like, years. Mm-hmm. Um, did he know this dude, like, personally? No. Were they friends? Did they play football together? No, no, they weren't, they weren't connected at all other than, like, through... MySpace. The, the girl that he was pretending to be. Because the girl that he was pretending to be, uh, he said that that was he, his cousin. He was a cousin, so like yeah. he friend requested him on on Facebook and MySpace and Twitter and all that shit. Like even on one of the posts, like he made a shout out to him because he was making like gospel music or something. Yeah. And although Manti Teo didn't know him, he like supported him because he said his girlfriend asked him to. Yeah. So he did it, but. Yeah, but this dude, like, had a whole... So, he is now, like, a transgender woman, I guess. Um, But he, like, I think has bipolar disorder. Like, he flips into a whole nother person. Like, his voice changed. He sounded like a woman when he spoke. Well, yeah, because, like, Dr. Phil interviewed this guy when everything broke. And Dr. Phil was, like... He he genuinely looked like confused, like what the hell is happening? How is this happening? Because he hired was. he Doctor Phil hired like world renowned voice like specialists. Yeah, the voice experts. And they was like they all these voice experts were like, there's not a chance in hell this was the same person. Like there had to be some computer software, yeah. something going on. And then the guy was like, I just have to get in character. Like, I need a dark room. I need this kind of drink. I like need the a, computer. Like a method actor is what, what he described it as. Yeah. And so, like, Dr. Phil set him up this whole thing. And then he just started talking and sounded like a damn woman. It was, it was so weird. Yeah, because part of this catfishing deal was not just, like, strictly text or, or instant messenger. It's like they were legit talking to each other he left voicemails they had full-on conversations he talked to family members members. it was nuts and he kind of passed off on everybody well except for like his best friend manti tail's best friend was the one that was kind of skeptical about it it's like yeah it was it was weird i wonder if he was skeptical at the time or now like looking back he's like yeah there's some shady shit yeah you know what i mean well he mentions it there he's like yeah i thought it was it was weird and like Something always happened when they were going to FaceTime or when it came time to meet up and they never could do it. So he thought it was weird about it. But then, like, he would talk to her. And it's just like, I I mean, it's a girl, right? Like, you listen to these voicemails and, like, there is no mistaking that person for a girl. Like, for a man, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Because it was him. And that's what, him leaving those voicemails. Yeah, you never would have thought it was a man. Yeah. But, yeah, like, his family was kind of skeptical. And, again, like, you're looking back years, right? Like, you're 10 years in the past, like, reflecting on this. Um, But, like, there's no... His family now was like, you know, we were skeptical. They never met up, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, back then, before social media was a huge powerhouse and all this stuff, like, 
people really did talk online for years like that and never meet. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like what are the, the chat rooms that you used to jump into or Aim. whatever? Yeah, and you just talk to people just for the sake of talking to people. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, some people built relationships off of it. Um, fuck, I mean, people still do that shit with like video games and stuff. So it's not unheard of. And then this was 2009 when it started. So mm-hmm. that was like before like catfishing was really uh, like people didn't know what catfishing was yeah or before like people caught on to the fact like hey people are just faking uh personas and and they're just trapping people or whatever um like at the most you would think like this person doesn't look like their picture right or something like that but you wouldn't think like i am talking to a fucking like if you think you're talking to a girl you're like i'm fucking you wouldn't think I'm talking to a dude. Yeah. Right. And especially like the way he, he was talking to her and the voicemails and the female voice. Like how, how could you not think it was a girl? Yeah. So one of the things that like frustrated me with a documentary was um, like he's there giving an interview pretty much like talking about everything he went through and like now he's married he has children like he's moved on in life right like this is in his past and he's just making money off of it at this point like let's be honest yeah but um when he tells the story even though he knows it's it wasn't real like this person wasn't real she was completely made up by a third party like he talks about it like she was a real person he was like she told me this and she would call me and you know like you think he would tell the story like i thought she was calling me like i thought this person was calling me not like she did like factual information like that's the whole mind fuck about him for three fucking years like she was a person like that dude created a real person for him I know. And he, like, he was just so involved but, in three years. And, like, to be involved with somebody, it, I, you could only imagine, like, the conversations that they had. Like, it had to be, it had to get emotional at some point. And they emotionally connected. No, I mean, I know they emotionally connected, but I mean, like... It's been 10 years. Like, you've had time to come to grips with, like, this wasn't reality. You're making a fucking documentary about it, right? Yeah. But, like, in these interviews, you think, like, his publicist or whoever was, like, on the back end would have been, like, hey, like, you need to let the world know that you don't really think this person existed anymore. Because that shit's a wild ride, right? Like, they were, like, hey grandma passed away real life no shit like his grandma died and then a few hours later they call and pretend like this bitch just woke up from a coma and like takes her last breaths and dies from leukemia so he goes out and plays notre dame's game like he dedicates his senior season to his grandma and his girlfriend um and then halfway through the season this bitch was like or this dude was so upset that he like lost the connection. He calls back and was like, Hey, sorry, I didn't really die. I'm in witness protection or or some weird shit like that. And it's like, at some point, like the, the bells have to be ringing. Right. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, he said like, he started realizing something was going on. That's when he went to the lawyer and all that shit. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's fucking crazy. Like, I don't even know if he has a public, like, I wouldn't think he has a publicist. Like, he's not doing anything. I mean, he's I, not in I the think you would eye. have to have to make a Netflix documentary. I think you would uh, have to have somebody, like, with yeah, your interest. I mean, he probably still has an agent or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. But, he's a free agent. That's uh, what Wikipedia says. But, uh, I would, like, um, oh, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, the other side, too, is... They may have asked him, like, hey, when you talk about this person, like, talk like it, like if how you were talking about that person back then or something. I don't know if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Like, like, like how you were in the moment when it was happening to yeah. you. I just, that documentary was, 
I've never been like so um like frustrated for a person and just angry at the stupidity at the same time. Yeah. Well, like I, I mean I t- to him it like it was real. But I mean like four years of constantly trying to see and he says like i would try to skype i would try to facetime i bought tickets to go visit she bought tickets to come visit like all these things and it never worked out like maybe once or twice but over the course of four years like you never can do a video call Mm, i mean i don't know i don't know i think i think for him it was just like it was the perfect storm for all this shit to go right. Um, I mean, yeah, for sure. It was it was a shitty situation, but I also think there was a lot of things, like, looking back, he probably can sit and say, like, red yeah, flags. like, I should have seen all this shit. Well, yeah, and, uh, yeah, it, it's easy to, like, armchair quarterback all this shit, but, I mean, think about, like, people that are in relationships for fucking years uh, or people like all the relationships that you talk to people like after they break up or after they get divorced or whatever and they're like oh yeah there was red flags all over the place uh, but i just ignored it and whatever it's almost the same thing like Is if you it? think about yeah cause i don't think so it i it's not the same thing but it's pretty similar so there's a lot of things that you see after the fact, like red flags in any relationship that you're in, like even in a marriage, like you, like you come to a point in your marriage where you're like, why have I been like putting up with this shit for so long? Right? Like you just like things happen in relationships, not physically seeing someone other than a picture for four years. Like, I don't, that's something that I just can't get past. I don't know. I mean, I get it. Like, I feel sorry for the guy. Like, he shouldn't have had to go through this. But also, like, four years of not even being able to, like, ever physically see this person aside from photos. Yeah. Now, the one photo did, like, kind of throw me for a whirl that they were able to do that so quick. So, there was one time after this bitch said she died and came back to life, um... In witness protection, he was like, hey, for me to know it's you, hold your hand in this one certain way, write today's date and some other shit on a piece of paper and hold it up. And then the guy who was playing the girl called the actual girl from the photos or text her or whatever and said, hey, write this on a paper, hold this sign up, take a picture of yourself and send it to me. She did. And so it like the perfect like trifecta was formed there for him to be like, what the hell is actually going on? Um but, you know, a lot of people are shitting on Manti Teo. A lot of people are shitting on the guy who pretended to be this girl. But the one that's really getting shit on that had nothing to do with any of it was the girl. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, she's in the news just kind of being like, how did you not see your picture all over the news? Like, this was a famous football star. But, I mean, they didn't touch on, on that too much. Like, they said... No, but I'm saying, like... On the news now, like shit that I've been reading. Oh, really? People, yeah. Oh, like I, I didn't know that. Like when the all the news stories picked up, this guy was dedicating his season because it wasn't just sports news. It was like local news that was telling his story across the, or like national news, I guess, that was telling his story. Like, how did you not see your own fucking picture on the news? Or how did nobody that you knew see your picture on Fox News telling this story about this girl that died and be like, what the hell? You're clearly not dead, nor were you ever dating this guy. Um, And so it's like, I mean, I know it's just like gossip columns, but a lot of people were saying like, was she a part of it? Did she know? Was she trying to help this person? The Ronida, was that the name? Yeah, Ronaya or something. Ronaya or something like that. But yeah, it was, it was just a wild that documentary it's just two episodes too but it was yeah it's a uh, wild ride i don't know i felt bad for Bantai tales like dude because uh you had asked me too or i had told you like it he still went pro but then after not getting picked in the first round like getting out of the first round like contracts dollar signs sponsors all that shit it's it's a whole different ball game. You lose so much fucking money and potential to make money 
going from one round to the next. I didn't know that. Yeah. And um and he dropped he was like a for sure top ten pick before the scandal. Yeah. Um and then after the scandal he dropped to the second round and lost out on all of that. I mean, he said himself like he couldn't play the same because he was just like full of anxiety that he couldn't he couldn't concentrate or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, like one of the big things about Manti Teo like coming out of college was his leadership. So like that was one of the perks that made him yeah. that was gonna make him such a high draft pick uh, on top of all the skills and stuff. But then with the scandal, like. It completely drops his stock and his uh, his uh, credibility, and people pretty instead of like people looking up to him and following him, they just yeah. laughed at him, and they couldn't take him seriously. So he mentioned it. He's like, I walked into the, the it's like fucking cliche uh, scene in a movie. You walk into a lunchroom and everybody's just cl- quiet. Or like talking behind your back, and and then he just sits and eats by himself. Yeah. So it's like so all that I, because of the fucking scandal. Yeah. What I was talking about earlier, and I said, hey, I'll talk about it later whenever we get into it. Was um, his junior year, he was eligible to be drafted, and he chose to stay and play another year at Notre Dame. This is this a conspiracy theory? No, oh. it's not a conspiracy. This is just like Holly's thoughts. Um, I think had he chosen to take the draft his junior year and all this shit would have happened and he would have already been in the NFL, like, establishing himself, I don't think the backlash would have been as bad as it was. Yeah, I don't know. But he was going into draft. Like, when all this shit came out, he was on his way to the NFL combine. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Combine. So, um, like... Everything that he had going for him, like, fell in front of his face. But, I mean, people in the NFL do crazy shit all the time. They kill their wives. They fucking murder people. They do shit all the time. And people are like, eh, can you still throw the football? Like, let's move on, right? Um, well, so not, not that drastic, but yes. I mean, <laughs> shit be happening, right? Like, let's not be crazy here. But I just think, like, had he have been drafted his junior year, had he not have played his final year at Notre Dame, and he was already in the NFL and this shit would have come out, people would have been like, oh, there goes another NFL player doing some crazy shit, like, next story. I don't think it would have blown up to the capacity it did because he was, like, supposed to be a top 10 draft pick. He was supposed to do, like, all these things. He played shitty at his last college game, like, the championship, because all this stuff happened, like, days before the championship game um so i just i wonder if he looks back and he's like damn if i would have just been drafted my junior year like his life could have been on a different trajectory yeah i don't know if he was slated to be a first round draft pick before that um but i don't know he may have avoided the whole all this nonsense um because, I mean, you can't go into a new team carrying that kind of baggage and not expect, like, the team to have some reservations. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, he got picked up to play where for the... Oh, for the Chargers? Yeah, the Chargers. So, he goes into the Chargers, and, I mean, like, boys will be boys, right? I'm sure they were, like, giving him shit the whole time. Oh, He's just, yeah. like, trying to find his footing in a new team, and instead of them, like, rallying around him, making him, like, a part of the team... Like oh, no, it's, it's it became yeah, it became like memes of people sitting there holding their arms up with nobody like sitting yeah. beside them. I'm not gonna lie, that shit's funny, but <laughs> it's fucked up. Yeah, because I mean, like he just became like a walking, talking meme, and so like I don't think he was ever giving given a solid chance to succeed in the NFL. Like, yes, he got drafted. Yes, he went on to play in the NFL, but did he have the backing and the teammates and like what a team is supposed to be rallying around uh, him, I and I highly doubt, doubt it. it. Yeah. yeah, there's there's no way. I think he was, I, I would bet a whole bunch of money that he was getting cracked on daily, and yeah. he, and I don't think it ever stopped. And you, you can't be at your best when that's happening to you. Like yeah. no matter what headspace you go into, no matter how much dedication and like, um, 
Especially with discipline you have, you yeah. just you can't get past that. Especially with like the twenty four seven coverage of it and yeah. it happening and him going through all that shit. Like there's no way people were talking shit or just making fun of him. And I I mean high school and college locker room was fucking ruthless. I can only imagine in the NFL yeah. where fucking dudes are making millions that they don't give a fuck. Like they're gonna say whatever they want and especially to a rookie. Yeah. Like Come on. And then he couldn't even, like, prove himself on the field because he was so, like, just overwhelmed with everything that was happening in his life. Well, yeah. Well, it just sucks. I, like, I could imagine how he felt. Like, he just – it's no support. Yeah. Like, uh, there was probably – I would imagine – because there's always, like, uh, uh, like that rare group that they'll they'll try and support you. But, yeah. I mean, when you're when it's just coming from every angle and, and nonstop and daily – like, how do you function like that? Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't anything great. Yeah. I mean, good on him for getting past, like, getting through it and still playing football. I mean, he's a multimillionaire, so. I, yeah. He, I don't know. He's, like, he's already a multimillionaire for playing, like, years in the NFL. He's not in the NFL anymore, but he played for years on multiple teams. And then he just made that Netflix documentary, which is going to make him a shit ton of money because it's been, like, widely streamed. Yeah, so, I was trying to see how many streams it has on Netflix, but you can't like I can't oh, find the got, information. It's got to be one of the top ones. Yeah. And it's like I can. I was thinking when when we were first watching it, I was like, why the fuck would he do this? Like I would not want to revisit like, this at up, all. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like one, the money. Uh, I'm sure he got paid good for for this documentary. Uh, at least I I hope he did. And then um, two. To kind of clear the air and clear his name a little bit. Yeah. Like, listen, it's not all that you think it was or that was being reported. Like, yeah. this is what happened. Um, and yeah, it was 2009 when it was happening. So it's like Catfish. I was looking up, like, when Catfish, the show, came on. Yeah. And it said 2010. I mean, that's Oh, sounds- no, 2012. So right when it stopped... So right when he, when that whole thing broke is when Catfish came out. I mean, it's just, the whole situation was like super shitty for him, but, um, and of course, like he made millions of dollars playing in the NFL. So like, I don't feel that sorry for him. Yeah. But also like, it's good to see that he really did overcome it. Like, he has kids. He has a wife. He seems happy. But, again, you're seeing him through an Instagram, Facebook filter. Um, so, I mean, I just – I think he went through a really shitty thing. but it, And it took time, obviously. But I think he, like, was able to move on in life. And then, yeah, like, if I was his wife and he's like, hey, I'm going to make this documentary about this fucking made-up-ass girlfriend, I'd be like, yeah. you're – like – gonna make us look stupid <laughs> like people have finally quit talking about this why are we gonna bring it up again but uh that article that released on deadspin is like number one on here yeah for when you look this when you look up anti tail that article's on there so deadspin's the one who broke the story because somebody yeah. sent a tip in but i don't know it was um it was a wild ride. So anyway, after we watched that documentary, I'm going to move on because it's already late. So after we watched that documentary, it like piqued your interest to go watch the fire. Um, yeah. What was it called? Fire Festival documentary. Fire Festival. Um, like F-Y-R-E. And I watched it a long time ago. I don't know why I watched it. Um, it just like, <laughs> like grabbed my interest somehow. I, I think you told me about it. Yeah, I did because I, I wanted to start watching it. And then uh, when I kind of figured out, oh, I don't know what happened, but I lost interest in it or maybe I just got frustrated. I don't know because when I was watching it, I was getting frustrated again. Mm. So I'm thinking that's what happened. Like I started watching. I was like, oh, this is so fucking stupid. I remember you told me about it and then I was like, let's watch it. And you're like, no, I don't want to watch it. So just like Manti Teo, I start Googling. I start finding all this shit. And I was like, I want to know the whole story to this. And I started watching the documentary. And if you just want to be like extremely pissed off for like two hours straight, you should watch the fire. Festival yeah. Documentary. Uh, Cause this fuck it. It's, I mean, you know that there's people out there like that, but when you see it, 
like happening yeah. not not real time but when you see it happening when it's recorded you know it's not staged or anything like that you're just like what the fuck man like this entrepreneur dude knows that he's uh i wouldn't even call him an entrepreneur he's just a scam artist he's scamming people and he's just like saying it on camera He's calling people fucking peasants. He's yeah, so basically what happened was in March of 2018. No, that's when he pleaded guilty. Okay, hold on. Let me go back. So in April of 2017, there was a festival that was scheduled. It was a luxury music festival founded by Billy McFarland um, in conjunction with Ja Rule, the rapper. And um, it was created with the intent to pretty much like take all these super rich people to this Bahamian island um, and basically take all these like top name artists and these like luxury villas and just like like Michelin star chefs like pretty much just like just one big rich party on an one, island it's like the fucking Bonnaroo for rich people is essentially what this is. Like, we're not getting high and tense in a field. <laughs> you would compare it to Bonnaroo. We're not getting high and tense in a field. We're staying in, like, luxury villas and eating fucking foie gras or whatever that duck liver shit is that people eat. But, I mean, like, th- this was the intent of this. So, people were paying, like, five, $7,000 for a ticket just to go to the festival and nothing else. Yeah. So, they, like get all this money and they start doing it and come to find out somebody starts like looking into it. They're like, Hey, this doesn't seem right. Um, same thing. Like it's the Manti Teo thing, right? Like somebody gave a tip and then somebody started doing some research. So the tip was, this is not an exotic, exotic Island in the Bahamas. This is a desolate part of the shoreline. That's like a few miles down from the Sandals resorts on the Island of Exuma. And so people start looking at it. They start like compare. They did layovers of like the fire festival layout over top of this island. And people were like, this is a scam. You Photoshop this. So the guy actually went and did live footage in like a private helicopter. And people still didn't believe him. Yeah. But I mean, they were raising like millions and millions of dollars. And I still have no idea like where that money went because there was <laughs> none of it was going into it just. Um, just, the festival. Well, one to support his lifestyle. Yeah, he probably like put it all into an entourage as well. But yeah, like, I mean, he the, was paying the, salaries to people. Like the this trips well. back and forth, the parties on the yachts. Uh, yeah, it was fucking wild. So he was just like he was making fraudulent documents saying like, "Hey, the business has this much money. You should invest in it." And people would be like, "Yeah, here you go. Here's 3 million dollars to invest in this festival." 26 million dollars. Yeah, 26 million dollars total to like put on this festival of music, right? Um and it ended up being a shit show. So they had like old hurricane like dome tents. So pretty much, like, if your house gets blown away from a hurricane, we had this shits in storage to put on the island so that you could, like, have shelter. They were hurricane relief tents. Yeah, hurricane relief tents. So they, like, put these up with, like, air mattresses in them. And people were paying, like, like I said, somewhere between five and $12,000 for these luxury villas that were on the website. And it was just a fucking nightmare. And then the part that got me the most was people got to the island... And, like, for the festival. So, this is, like, all leading up to the festival. So, come day of the festival, they know this shit's not going. They have no music lined up. They have no food lined up. No, like, lodging lined up. So, they get all these people there and just start getting them fucking hammered. Like, getting people trashed. Yeah. And then, um, there was no return flights booked for any of these people. So, they had flights to the island, but nobody had flights off the island. So all these people are fucking stuck in this Bahamian island that has like nothing where they're at. Um, and it got cutthroat where people were like stabbing air mattresses for other people, like cutting their, t- like cutting holes in their tents. And it's like, that's how you know, like that this was a group of rich people, you know, <laughs> they were like, I don't want you to have a tent by me. And so they were like slicing the tents up. So the hurricane relief tents would fall like, damn, just let people sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was, it was a fucking nightmare. And 
watching that one, I also have thoughts about like different things. But one of my thoughts were they were seven miles away from a sandals resort in the Bahamas. Right? Oh, really? Like if I was a millionaire and I was spending $10,000 to go see fucking Jarl and Coldplay, I would have walked my happy ass seven miles and checked into the Sandals Resort. Like, that's just a Hollyism, right? Or I would have got a, a taxi or whatever the case may be. But I would have gone from that shitty place where I was at to the Sandals Resort and called it a day. I don't know if all these people were millionaires. Um, I mean, they, they were they, they were wealthy. They, they were like they trust fund kids. Been, but I don't know. Like, they... I don't know, because I see it kind of like a cruise, right? You spend thou- a few thousand dollars on a cruise. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I think that's what that's how some of these were, uh, but some of the people on there were they were like uh, Instagram influencers and all those, and uh, they make pretty good money. Uh, at least the popular ones, YouTube influencers, whatever. Um, but. Yeah, it's fucking insane, like, how far that went. Yes, it it went, like, it just got so extreme. And I think at one point, like, so many people had flown into the island without places to stay or food to eat or anything like that, that they ended up locking them in the airport. Yeah. Like, chains <laughs> on the doors, you couldn't get out of the airport. Uh, I would have been raising hell. Like, and there was uh, nowhere to eat. There's no way you are locking me in an airport. Like, nowhere to eat, nothing to drink, like, just regular-ass airport restrooms. So, people were, like, laying on chairs, laying on the floor, um, and just, like, all shoved in this tiny airport. It became a real scary situation, yeah, because they didn't have food. They didn't have water. They had, yeah. no, like, none of that shit. And um, I think, there, like, the one picture that went viral about the whole fire festival that kind of made this thing like turn into a documentary. I mean, there's a lot of things that made this, but the one picture that kind of took it by storm was the, the luxury food was, um, a, a piece of bread with cheese on it. Yeah. Um, and that was their dinner was like a cheese sandwich. So I don't know. I just, I found the whole, so I was like frustrated at the Manti Teo documentary, but I was like genuinely angry <laughs> watching the Fire Festival documentary. I, yeah, I was I was frustrated as well. Like I was I was pissed uh, because I didn't think anything was gonna happen to this dude. I think this dude yeah, was he went to not, jail for six years, but he gets out next year. Yeah, I didn't think he was gonna be held accountable, and he, even like six years in prison for fucking over this many people. Yeah, so those people never got their money back. Yeah. But another thing that just makes me like but, but that he, we didn't he talk put him about in, like serious danger. Yeah. So like these guys went to fire festival, yada yada yada, all this shit went down. And I don't know, I'm of the mindset of like some of those people who were on like the late night shows that was like this is fucking Darwinism at its best. Like this is the rich and the famous thinking they're better than everybody. They're going to go to this fucking music festival that nobody else can go to cuz it costs so much money and then shit went sour and all of a sudden everyone's like up in arms. That's not, that's like no matter though. So this guy got arrested on all these fraudulent charges, got out on bail and set up a whole nother scam while he was out on bail. So he used a fire festival, like guest list email chain and started telling people like, Hey, this is VIP New York access. We have all these like top notch tickets, buy tickets. He made like hundreds of thousands of dollars that way because people are dumb. Yeah. Like, one of the things was he was selling tickets to the Met Gala. And if you know anything about the Met Gala, the number one thing is, like, it's not a ticketed event. It's a by-name invitation. And if the person who runs the Met Gala, I can't think of her name, like, if she doesn't invite you, you're not going to the Met Gala. Like, and you got to wear, you know what I mean? Like, just normal, everyday people don't get to go to the fucking Met Gala. Like, people wear the most craziest clothes. It's a whole to-do, right? But... I don't know. So he did that whole scam, made another couple hundred thousand dollars, was living his best life in this penthouse hotel room. And then when he finally got sentenced, he got six years. But he's like, he'll get out next year. Yeah. And then he'll go back to scamming other people. He probably will. He'll probably pay $400, change his name, and then just go back to being a full-blown scam artist. It's fucking nuts, isn't it? 
It's frustrating. It's extremely frustrating. Yeah, I think that uh, – I don't remember. That's probably one of the reasons why I just didn't want to watch it. I was like, man, fuck yeah. this. I don't know. There was a bunch of good documentaries. That, so those two – uh, and then, so the same people that made the the Manti Teo documentary came up with a bunch of other documentaries. I don't know if they released them all, but one of them was uh, the rise and fall of N one basketball. Yeah. And anybody that played basketball like during that time frame, from like ninety eight to like two thousand three, two thousand four, N one was just the shit so like it was everything it was like it was every hooper's just dream right just yeah. the, the whole n1 scene it was awesome it like made uh street basketball fucking awesome um but yeah they made a documentary on that and it was it was pretty cool and it's exactly what, what i was saying i was like yeah n1 they're they got paid they made their money but all the players that fucking made it big nothing absolutely yeah. nothing they just faded uh, out basically i don't remember much about n1 besides it was like the knockoff jordans and like everybody got pissed when they got them no they they weren't knockoff jordans they were their own shoe brand well i know they were their own shoe brand but like like when i was growing up if you got n1s it was basically because you couldn't get jordans <laughs> So oh. it was like the, but I mean, like we didn't have people just out playing fucking street ball, right? Like that wasn't yeah. the how I grew up. But um, no, I yeah, and one, I mean, at the time, so I was like, I was in high school, and yeah, like transitioning to college. That's when it was like fucking huge, and and one, like if you had and one stuff, it was just it was the shit. So like and one shirts and one shorts fucking socks and then the shoes eventually came out and it was just and one everything it was it was the shit to have i mean jordans were still big so like yeah i think anybody would have taken jordans over over um and ones but it was kind of it they were giving nike a run for their money because yeah. not everybody was running to nike anymore but it just i don't know they're it's rare that I can sit down and watch, like, documentaries. Like like I said, it really just has to grab my interest and pull me in. Um, but Netflix is putting out good ones. Yeah, like, they're, they're they're having some good documentaries. There were some other ones. I can't remember what they were, but the that whole series, Untold, they were coming out with some more stuff. But it's insane. Yeah, hold on. I'm trying to find the, the documentary that put me on to... I can't ever think of the... Um, name of it um oh the documentary that put me onto netflix documentaries was this documentary called abducted in plain sight if you haven't watched it that one's a fucking wild ride too but I, we're not going to get into that because that's like a whole nother that's a whole different yeah. like genre of documentary but watching that one put me on to netflix documentaries and so now when they come out i'm like let me just see if it's something that i could stay dedicated to um, because typically they're a few hours long, and if it's something that I just don't care about, like N one, like I just don't care about basketball shoes. So you watch that one on your own. Like I caught bits and pieces of it. Like somebody broke their ankle while wearing N ones. They got so it was a big lawsuit. I was like, oh, okay, like sounds good. Don't give a shit because I don't care about basketball shoes. But this other stuff, I'm like, you had a fake girlfriend? Do tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh so got some free time and you're wondering what to watch go ahead and take a scroll through netflix documentaries yeah the the manti tale documentary the what is it, the girlfriend that didn't exist yeah it's it's untold is the name of untold something like that and the um, fire festival and fire festival God. and abducted in plain sight i'm gonna put a brag out for that one even though like you need to have on your big girl panties and probably a couple glasses of wine to make it through that documentary but i highly suggest it oh man it'd be so cool to uh to get uh, all the guys from the neighborhood on the podcast and just talk N1 stuff and talk about that documentary. That would be so fucking awesome. Tell them. Tell everybody to watch it and then yeah. get them on the podcast. Yeah, because we, yeah, we play, that's when we were playing day and night. Like, out, and N1 was fucking huge. Like, we got out of school if it wasn't football season like we were playing we were playing ball my brain is like racking all of your friends and the one person i see just like all and one 
is Eric. Eric, yeah, he was the, he was the one to rock all the M one shit. Like he my was, brain is just like I can see it. Yeah, <laughs> he was the first one that rocking all the N one shit, and uh, it, yeah, that was definitely <laughs> Eric. <laughs> but man, it's like it was just part of the culture. I don't know. It was like they were saying in the documentary, like spoke to all the street ballers out there, um, like because they it, you just felt like you were a part of it. Or there was finally a brand that spoke to the street ballers as opposed, like, straight uh, just to the pros. But, um, yeah, like, we fucking, we played day and night when we were out of school. Like, we would we would go play. Like, we literally drove the city looking for places to play. And we played in some fucking random-ass places and some fucking sketchy places. And we had our, our courts that were, like, hey, these are go-to courts like Pavo, Roseway, Campestre, like all these other courts that we would go to and where we would regularly uh, play ball. But then sometimes, you know, it's just one of those nights, uh, nobody's coming tonight. So we'd go find other courts. Um, like this one time, we were just out cruising, and it was, I think it was me, Eddie, Manny, and Eric, and we were looking for a place to play. We somehow... We were cruising down the border highway, uh, and we we pulled off to one of the parks that were there, and we were just shooting. We were like, "Fuck it!" I mean, we're not gonna find like nobody else is playing anywhere else. So we're just play here, and we were playing ball, and a fucking prison bus pulls up. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, and it, it's a busload of fucking prisoners. You got the armed guards and everything, and they they brought them out to play basketball. Did you play with them? And we were like, fuck, man. Like, should we leave? <laughs> uh, and, like, some of these dudes, they, they look like just, like, normal guys, right? And then, But th- there was a couple of them that was like, I would not fuck with that guy, right? Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, we ended up playing. They uh, they seemed cool. They're like, oh, shit, y'all want to run? Y'all want to run? <laughs> we all looked at each other like, should we do this? Are they going <laughs> to fuck us up? Like, should we play with them? Uh, like dude there's guards I don't know dude, but you think we're good <laughs> we funny. all kind of have like that mental conversation and yeah. then you're like fuck it let's play and we played with them and it was cool everybody had a good time and then there was no nothing other than playing basketball yeah. like the one thing I thought of when um when I like and like I said I watched like snippets of it I was doing other stuff but um like when we went to New York City yeah and like one of the so I'm gonna go on a tangent here. We're gonna like wrap up in a second, but like I'm just a planner by trade. So like I wanna know what's happening, when it's happening, where we're going, what we're doing, what time. Like I want an agenda pretty much. Like can I get a day by day itinerary? Um, and it's worse when we go on vacation. Like I want to know when things are happening. But when we went to New York City we made a deal that I wouldn't plan anything. We would just have a list of things we wanted to do, and we would just cross off that list what we could in the time we were there. Um, and one of your top things was go to Rucker Park, which is way out of the way in the middle of the fucking ghetto projects. Like, I was super nervous. <laughs> it was the only reason we went. It's where in, in Queens? Uh, No. Um, the Bronx? The Bronx. Yeah, in the Bronx. So I guess we went to the Yankees game over there, too. But, yeah, like, we went there, and we got all the subway, and yeah, we were right the there. Bronx. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it, I mean, it might be. It's the other one that starts with a B. I, I, the stadium is in the Bronx. Yeah. Where's Rucker Park? Queens. We didn't go to Queens. Yeah, we did. I don't know where it's at. Uh, Harlem. Harlem, yeah. <laughs> so we went to all these places, but that's not a, that's not a borough. Manhattan. Harlem's in Manhattan? What it says here. I don't think so. We were yeah. on that damn subway forever to get there. Yeah, it says Manhattan. I mean, Manhattan is at that whole one island because it was on the north side, north part of it. What borough is? We're so fucking ignorant about New York. <laughs> Rucker Parking. Yeah, it says Manhattan. Told you. I mean, I don't know. I don't believe it. We, I feel like we were on that subway for so long to get there. But we had like hit, we hit a lot of boroughs that day. We were on the subway a lot that day. Yeah. At any rate, we got there and we were kind of like standing around. And then the guy was like, "Hey, do you wanna do you wanna ball? Do you wanna shoot some hoops here? Like you didn't come all the way here to no, do it. no. I had to go ask them. They were 
But the dude has asked me if, like, because they were selling shirts. Yeah, you bought a shirt, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I bought a Rucker Park shirt. And there was just some dudes, like, like sitting down. It's pretty much a business now. Like, to go to Rucker Park and play is pretty much yeah, like a business. Yeah, it's still a famous park. So, yeah, there's no reason not to profit off of it. But, yeah, there was just some dudes hanging out uh, there, like, on the side. I don't know if they were just waiting for a pickup game or whatever. <laughs> I was like, fuck, man. I just I really want to. I, re- I just really want to like shoot some uh, a couple shots here at Rucker Park just to say like, hey, yeah, I've I've shot a basketball at Rucker Park. I mean, and, yeah, but uh, took pictures of it. Yeah, yeah, and the dude selling selling me the T-shirt. He's like, hey, man, they got a ball. Like, just go ask them. I was like, is this is this a setup? <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, they were cool. Like, I, I went to go ask. I was like, hey, can I borrow your ball real quick? And uh, they're like, yeah, man. And uh, yeah, I shot a few shots. I airballed the first fucking shot yeah, you did. at Rucker Park. Whatever, man. Uh, but I made a few shots and then that's it. Bucket list checked off. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that area was. I mean, it looks hood. I don't know. Like it is. Hood. You know, I like the the looks. shots that they typically have in movies of like the projects. Like that's the that was those buildings on the exterior. But yeah. I don't know. Like so look, the it's, area itself didn't seem. I'm looking at the map right now. Like sketchy. So here's Rucker Park, right? Right here. Yeah. And that's Manhattan, this the Bronx. So it's like literally right oh, across yeah, the river. Across the river, yeah. yeah. I like pulled up pictures of of you playing there. Yeah. Nah, it was cool though. Yeah, it was a that trip was really fun, but I just we went off on a tangent there because I want to talk about Rucker Park. But um yeah, there's highly suggest all the documentaries we talked about. It's a it's a good time, and then if we spoiler alerted it, like at least you'll have some idea of what's coming, so you don't have to be so anxiety, yeah, like we were. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we can wrap up. It's already. All right, babes. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Peace out, Cub Scouts. We'll see y'all next week. Later. 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 Ah. Later. <laughs>